If I were an older teacher today, I would be looking at these 20-something nut jobs and wondering, is this what my profession has become? School's out for summer, but for a bunch of public school teachers, school might be out forever. Hey, everybody, I'm Steve Green with Bill Whittle and Scott Ott, and this is Right Angle, brought to you by the members of BillWhittle.com. And hey, before we get started, if you could click that thumbs up button, the like button, the subscribe button, the alert button, the five star button, uh, the smiley face button, I don't know, whatever the button is, <laughs> click it, click it, click it, click it. It helps us. It really does. It keeps us on the air. And if you really want to help keep us on the air, become a member of BillWhittle.com. You can even make a one-time donation. Every little bit helps. Okay, thank you. Gentlemen, uh, I was reading NPR, as one does this morning, and I came across a story that uh, certain school teachers say there could be an exodus of teachers just quitting this summer and not coming to back, not coming back to work in the fall, which I guess kind of goes hand in hand with all the students who aren't coming back and are going with homeschooling. Save that story for another day. Um, gentlemen, NBR spoke with three school teachers originally two years ago during the lockdowns, and they went back and talked to these same three teachers this week to find out what had changed now that uh, school was back in session. And what they found out is that teachers are stressed because of things like school shootings, which it's about as likely as getting hit by lightning, so I don't worry about that so much. But the thing that's really stressing them out, although the story, this being NPR, didn't emphasize this as much as the scary gun stuff, is the fact that fourth grade teachers are having to deal with students who are essentially second graders. Let me, let, let, let me read you from this. Um, one fourth grade teacher has witnessed firsthand how disruptive the pandemic, bless you, has been to the development of her students. She said, I feel like at the beginning of the school year, I basically got second graders because that's the point where they were in school full time. Uh, Scott, I don't want to get into the how unnecessary the lockdowns were or or any of that stuff. I think we've hashed that out pretty well over the last couple of years. But when you're an overworked teacher, public, private, I don't think it matters. And suddenly your workload is essentially doubled because you're dealing with second graders instead of fourth graders. What, what do you do? You know, the, we talked about this in the backstage show, and it just occurred to me that I wonder what they mean by that. Because there, it's one thing to say, hey, we've not been able to keep pace with the curriculum through second, third, and fourth grade because of being, you know, having to do remote learning via video screens and such. It's another thing to say that they're not socialized like fourth graders. Bingo. And I wonder if it's I wonder if it's more that it's not so much that they they weren't able to deliver the content, it's that they weren't able to deliver what is essentially um, oh, what was his name John Taylor Gatto uh, wrote a book about this. He was a New York City and New York State Teacher of the Year, and then he wrote this book about the the seven real lessons of uh, public schooling, basically. And uh, there were things like, you know, keep your mouth shut, stand in line, you know, <laughs> sit down. Um, there was basically this, it's you becoming acculturated to the school environment, which doesn't necessarily do anything other than make it possible for the teachers to get through the day without chaos, but it doesn't really prepare you for doing anything other than like an assembly line job when you get out of school because you've got that discipline to sit still for six hours and do what you're told. Um, so, I'm, I, you know, it just makes me want to know more about why they were leaving. In general, having worked for a public school district in the administration building for a couple of years, uh, years ago, 
I know at that time, they had a big concern that they were losing so many teachers in the first five years of their careers. These are people who had dreamed of becoming school teachers since they were little, went to a teaching college, got their degree and showed up at school and and couldn't cut it. And they were out of there in two, three years. And I remember one administrator telling me, when we lose these teachers, we're not losing them in the classroom. We're losing them in the teacher's lounge. In other words, they just couldn't take that atmosphere. They couldn't take being among other school teachers who, I guess, sort of dragged them down and uh, you know purged them of any infantile utopian ideas they had about changing the world by educating children. Uh Bill, you mentioned something in the in the backstage episode, which of course is available for for our members, that just blew me away. I had not seen this anywhere. You talked about a loss of IQ points for this entire generation. I'm hearing anecdotally ten points. Some some studies that I've heard about uh, again secondhand, saying maybe twelve points of IQ. I mean, if you take twelve points out of a hundred, you're at you know. 88 and uh, and um, 85 is considered to be functionally retarded basically you know you you have dealt an incredibly severe blow to this entire cohort with these mask mandates which you said you don't want to get into but I think it needs to be said okay. there were absolutely absolutely no science to base them on Dr. Fauci said do it so everybody did it and now we have a a permanently wounded cohort that's going to move through American society to the day they die. They're going to be deficient in certain areas because during those four years, Steve, when they're very young, second grade's just about right. That's when they develop social schools and kids do it at school. I was I found myself on an airplane with my wife a couple of days ago, uh, intentionally, and uh, <laughs> I just woke up on an airplane. Yeah, just but. As we were as we were uh, disembarking, we weren't deplaning because that's not a real word. Uh, <laughs> the um, there was a guy in the aisle. Sorry, there was a woman holding a child in the aisle, like a three or four year old girl. And the guy right in front of me was making goo goo faces at her. You know, goo 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 like this, right? And the girl was staring at him blankly. And I realized that's weird. Kids will almost always either make a face back or they'll turn away and hide, yeah. but, they'll, but they'll never just stare blankly. And I, I thought about this for a second. I said, the reason that the kid is staring blankly is because the guy making the goo faces is wearing a mask, hmm. right? He's wearing yeah, an N95 yeah. mask. That child is not able to read those facial signals, right? And either laugh or, or recoil in horror as, as, as the case may be. So, so it's not just a question of the work they missed. It's a question of how they missed the work they missed, uh, when you talk about going to school, especially in elementary school, uh, you, you would be, Ms., you'd be in Miss Henderson's class or Mr. Sanchez's class or whatever the case may be. And there was a personal attachment to the teacher. When you, when you basically lock kids out of school and put them on, on um, Zoom for two years, you don't get that personal bond. You don't get that personal connection. It's just another talking head on a flat screen on a device that they look at all day anyway. And we're surprised by this. I have to tell you, Steve, I am not aware of any case in human history where the cure has been worse than the disease than it has been during COVID-19 in uh, 2020, 2021. Yeah, that is 
absolutely the case globally. And the worst part of it is what we've done to our kids. Uh, yeah, I'm the father of two boys. They're 16 and, and almost 12 now. So they were two years younger than that when this whole nonsense started with the lockdowns. And uh, some days parenting feels like you're just trying to make up for yesterday's mistakes. And the day before that, you were trying to make up for the day before that's mistakes. But one thing I got right, uh, and my wife did too from the start, is we taught them there's a difference between school trouble and mom and dad trouble. And that is, you got to follow the rules at school. But there are some rules, and we were very explicit about which ones, that if you end up breaking those rules, we'll back you. We'll support you. Um, and that's the way it has to be. And I found that that was very, very helpful when the pandemics hit because we were able to explain to these young kids the difference between the school rule on masks and mom and dad's rule on masks. Listen, if you have to wear them at school, you have to wear them at school, but resent it. Do it because you have to, not because you think this is wise or smart or necessary or, or, or medically necessary or anything like that. And I think that helped my kids cope a lot. That said, I think there's a another unspoken reason why so many teachers are thinking of quitting and it's other teachers. Uh, I don't know if you follow libs of TikTok at all, but every day, <laughs> every day you get new TikTok videos of teachers. They all seem to be 20 somethings who are flat bonkers out of their minds, bonkers. pushing, Nuts. pushing agendas on kids, sexual agendas on kids who just need to be left alone so they can figure things out on their own, as kids always do. And if I were an older teacher today, I would be looking at these 20-something nut jobs and wondering, is this what my profession has become? And if they start leaving in droves, yeah, that's what it's going to become. And that is your right angle on that, brought to you by the members of BillWhittle.com. Thanks so much for watching, and we'll see you next time.